Hey, Promise Youth Group. Uh, today we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 1, verses 12 to 13. So if you could open up your Bibles, we'll look at God's Word together this morning. The Word of the Lord, it reads, At once the Spirit sent him, referring to Jesus, out into the desert. Another word for desert is wilderness. And he was in the desert for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. When we say the word wilderness, what do you think of? You know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how the wilderness is this desolate place. It's this empty place. Unlike the images we might have in the modern day of lush woods and wolves and berries and just foraging and wildlife, the wilderness in the Bible was a place of emptiness. It was a place where one could not sustain oneself. And in a spiritual sense, and also in a literal sense, when one was in the wilderness, all they could depend upon was God. Because everything else was stripped away. I think if we look at the world around us right now, it can feel like a wilderness. In one sense, we are dealing with a global pandemic. Lots of things have been stripped away. Life as we know it, like we've talked about, seems to be gone. Things are strange and things are different. It's not the way that it used to be. You can't even go to Costco without a mask. You can't even come to church without a mask these days. Things are different. So we're already dealing with that desolation. But if you turn on the news these days, it's not so much about COVID-19, but rather it's about racism, police brutality, and inequality specifically towards the African-American community here in America. There are protests and even some riots in every major city across America. And maybe we can look out on our landscape on both fronts of COVID-19 and what's going on in society and say, this feels like the wilderness. It feels like everything is out of control. It feels like we can't sustain, we cannot thrive, we cannot survive in this type of an environment. And I think for a lot of us, when we see this, because we were already asking this about COVID-19, but now we're looking at this racial injustice and it's been around for such a long time, but it's back in the spotlight. And we're asking ourselves, where's God? Where is God in this? Does he see what is happening? Does he even understand what is going on? Is he witnessing the chaos in our wilderness? And if so, what is he doing about it? What is he saying to us about it all? Brothers and sisters, I want to assure you this morning, as the Word of God assures us, that not only does our God understand the wilderness, but He's right here with us in the wilderness. And why do I say that? Let's look at the ministry of Jesus. If you look back at what happens before the text that we just read, Jesus was baptized. And it was arguably the greatest baptism in the history of humanity. Because when Jesus was baptized, it wasn't PB dunking him. It was John the Baptist, the greatest in a long line of prophets. And when Jesus was baptized, it wasn't PB's voice, but it was the voice of God saying, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And when he was baptized and he came back up, 
It wasn't a congregation clapping. It was the Holy Spirit descending upon him. And we're told that Jesus was filled with the Spirit of God. This is a picture-perfect moment, isn't it? And I think we've all experienced a measure of this one way or another. Maybe you had a retreat experience and you just felt filled with the presence of God. And you're like, yeah, I'm an introvert, but I'm an extrovert today because I feel the Spirit of God upon me. Maybe it was a prayer night. Maybe it was a worship night. Maybe it was a quiet time that you had that you just felt ignited. And you're like, everything's going to be great from here on out. It's smooth sailing and nothing is going to stop me. Could you imagine how Jesus felt in this moment? Could you imagine how incredible and dynamic and transformative of a moment that is being experienced at his baptism? But what happens right afterwards? Does Jesus say, this is my, does God say, this is my son with whom I am well pleased? And does he send him back to heaven? No. We're told in verse 12 that the very spirit of God sent Jesus where? Into the wilderness, into desolation, and into emptiness. Why? Mark writes this gospel for us to look at the life of Jesus and say, is he really the Messiah? Is he really the lamb who has come to be slain for the sins of the world? And if Jesus is not sent into the wilderness, if he is not sent into that emptiness, if he is not sent into desolation, uh, into that desolation, then he's of no use to us. He can't be our savior. Why? Because he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand the state of decay that the world is in. He hasn't experienced it himself like we are experiencing it today. But our Jesus has. He was sent into the wilderness. God's path for him, for Jesus' time on earth, was not to be filled with rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and double rainbows and just like little birds chirping on his shoulder. But it was a struggle and it was of suffering. But look at who he's with in the desert. He's not with his friends. He's not with his parents. He's not with his half-brothers and sisters. He's not with his community. He's with Satan, and Satan is tempting him. For 40 days, he is fasting, and we see that he is being tempted by Satan himself. This is one of struggle. Not only is Jesus in the wilderness, this place of desolation, but Satan is poking and prodding and tempting him. We're also told that he has company. He has the company of wild animals, not domesticated animals like the dogs and cats that you and have today, I have today, but he's surrounded by wild animals. He's so, and why does Mark talk about wild animals? It's to show just the state that he is in, that this wilderness, it is this untamed place. And that's where Jesus goes. Brothers and sisters, our Lord knows what it means to struggle. Our Lord knows what it means to have everything stripped away. Our Lord knows what it means to suffer. So that when he looks at this world suffering from the impact of COVID-19, he can say, I understand. 
And in fact, I am with you in your suffering. When he looks at what is happening in our cities, right here in our country, in our home, when he sees the racism and the injustice and the inequality that is occurring in our societies, he says, I am right there with you. We have a Savior who doesn't back away from our suffering, who doesn't back away from our challenges, but he says, come and look at my own. In essence, Christianity is the only faith, is the only religion where God can truly understand our sufferings because he has been here. He knows what it is like. And that's why you and I can come to him because we truly know that he understands and that he truly knows. You know, my son recently, he's picked up a habit he was taught a habit by his grandfather. So when Hezi falls, he does techi. He hits the ground. I don't know what techi means in English, but it's just like techi, and he hits the ground. And so there are times where I'm with Hezi, and he trips, he falls. Not my fault. I didn't push him. He just fell on his own. It's his own doing. So I sit on the ground with him, and I'm like, Hezi, techi? And he goes, techi, techi. But sometimes he hits me. And he hits me like I'm his father. And I look at my son and I'm like, my son, this is your own undoing. I did not cause you to fall. I did not cause you to stumble. I'm a good dad. I wouldn't just push you down like that. In essence, my son, it's your own sin that got you into this mess. But you know what? I'm right here. I'm not watching you fall and walking away. I'm not looking at you on the ground and saying, why don't you figure it out? I'm right here with you. Brothers and sisters, I don't know exactly where you are, but I know that our God says, I am right here with you. And I think that is a note of encouragement for us to know that our God does not abandon us in our struggles, but he sympathizes with us. And that's how we know that we can go to him. So will you go to him? However long it's been, now is the time for us to go to him. Say, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. These are the thoughts in my mind. This is what I am wrestling with. God, I need to know that you are here with me. And I assure you, as the word of God assures us, that you'll hear his voice right there, right in the wilderness that you are in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. Your word that reminds us that you are a God that doesn't leave us in our suffering, but you come right here, right to where we are. And I pray that our hearts would be encouraged by that, that we would be uplifted by that, Lord, that we would be strengthened to know that you are God and you are with us. So I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, brothers and sisters, I'm going to invite a friend over and we're going to try to dissect this passage a little bit more. So stay tuned. All right, guys, brought our friend, mutual friend, Stephen, along for the journey again. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm well. How are you? Okay, you hanging in there? Yes. What's, um, what have you been eating lately? Um, McDonald's. I had McDonald's once for like, it's been a while. Um, Zaxby's, I have some Zaxby's, some cookout, no Popeyes. Do you ever cook at home? Uh, yes. I, oh, I actually made, um, pasta with 
uh, butter and cheese on it and spam as well. What? Like spam in it. Oh, wow. How, how was that? It's good. That actually sounds kind of good. Yeah. Like it, I would eat that. Good. Like no red sauce or like Alfredo sauce yeah. or anything. No. It, it's actually really good. Mm. I'll make it for you. Please do. Because, you know, like one of my go-to comfort foods is like rice, mm. egg, and spam. Like that's like the jam, but your version actually sounds rather delicious as well. Yeah, I wanted to do rice and spam, but I didn't have any rice. So gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, if any of you have extra rice, <laughs> we could send it over to Steven, and so that he could have rice instead of noodles, uh, like a proper Korean. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, we talked about Jesus, uh, the beginning portion of his ministry, uh, going into the wilderness. And what did you have like initial questions or thoughts uh, that came from him? Um, yeah, so, uh, I kind of wanted to just, like, start off, like, um, kind of, like, on, like, the, like, what it, what it's kind of looking like physically, mm. um, cause, uh, you know, when it says, like, Jesus goes into the wilderness, um, I guess, you know, like, that could be, like, th- my first thought is kind of, like, he's in, like, kind of, like, a deserty area, yeah. but then, um, you know, could it be, like, the mountains or just, like, something like that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, what does it look like physically? Yeah, um, I think... I think if you look at that region, like for Jesus, for Jesus, it would have been kind of getting out of the Jordan River after being baptized and literally just walking into a desert. Mm. And, you know, I think we could equate it to some of the deserts we have in America, like in Arizona and stuff. It's just like, if you've ever driven through those, like it's brutal. Like it's just empty. Mm. It's just like this terrible drive. Um, but for Jesus, it would have probably been similar, especially for that region that he's in. Okay. Um, it would have just been like a vast emptiness, um, hot, very dry, not a lot of water. I'm um, not that he was drinking water apparently, but anyways, like just mm. like a, this very empty, empty place. Um, it's kind of like, I think if you, we were to equate it even for ourselves in like a slightly similar way it's like if you just went to your room and just threw everything out you just like sat in your empty room and that's like that's like empty you know and that's i think that's kind of the emptiness that we can envision that jesus was in okay um and another question i had was um kind of like how how does this passage kind of tie into um like where we are today um whether it's you know um individually or you know globally mm-hmm. um and can you kind of uh hit upon like um like the spiritual wilderness and sure. you know, stuff like that um and you know maybe for those that are even in spiritual their spiritual wilderness right now um you know just stuff like that yeah you know i think <sighs> i think that kind of emptiness kind of for us in a physical sense kind of equates to just being at home all day being trapped at home all day. Yeah. I know people are starting to go out more and more these days, um, but at the same time, like, you know, you just, it's your day. Mm. You know, people kind of, I know especially like teenagers kind of sleep whenever you want to sleep and you yeah. wake up whenever you want to wake up. Um, I get texts at all random hours of the uh, of the day now. <laughs> I wake up to texts um, yeah. just because, you know, there's, there's it's, it's just unstructured. Yeah. Um, so I think in a physical state, like that kind of emptiness, um, I think that equates pretty well uh, to where we are today, but also in a spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think this time period, I think for a lot of us, we need to acknowledge how much of our spiritual life was just dependent on church. Yeah. Like the fact that we came to church. Mm-hmm. Um, we were physically there. Yeah. And yeah, like when we we're physically there, we'd always say things like, oh, you know, the Holy Spirit unites us, yada, yada, yada. But now it's like, well, do we really believe that? Yeah. You know, like this really being tested. Yeah. And if you didn't believe that, it's like, it's really showing itself. And yeah. I think that's a bit of the spiritual wilderness right yeah. now. I mean, you know, I think 
even for me, when I was a youth group student, you know, for me, I'd always look forward to the retreats because mm. I'd be like, you know what? I'm in a rough spot, but the retreats in yeah, a month, yeah. I'm going to hold off until then. Well, guess what? You know, yeah. <laughs> like well, there is no holding uh-huh. off. Either you're going to figure it out right now or you're not going to figure it out. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's some of the spiritual wilderness that we're experiencing as believers. Mm-hmm. That same level of stimulation uh, mm-hmm. isn't there. And I think also on that note, it's kind of like, you know, PB talked about this briefly uh, during a React sermon. I really appreciated it. Like, I think we as a generation, like, we're trying to kill boredom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's, there's always something to stimulate. You. Yeah. If it's not the TV, it's our computer. If it's not the computer, it's your phone. Yeah. And the phone, you know, even when the battery dies, you can just, you know, charge it and just yeah, keep yeah. going. Um, but I think for a lot of us, like, and I recommend this to anyone, like, if you're bored this week, try not to distract yourself. But when you're bored, just pick up your Bible or pick up a journal and a pen and start jotting down your thoughts. Yeah. I think I think God is trying to speak to us in this wilderness. It's just the fact that we're not acknowledging the fact that we're in a wilderness. And so we're just trying to distract ourselves mm-hmm. to pretend like everything's fine. But if we just allowed ourselves to be bored for like 10 minutes, we might actually hear God speak to us. Yeah. There's just too much noise. I think there's too much noise in our lives these days. Mm. No. Um, and I guess like, um, kind of like as you're talking, um, it kind of like transitions into like another question that I had. Mm. Um, but, um, like in this time of, um, you know, for those that are, you know, maybe in a spiritual wilderness and, um, how, like, how are we able to, um, meet God, uh, in that wilderness, not necessarily just, you know, wait for him. Um, to come to us, but also for us to, um, yeah, like go meet him um, and be available for him as well. Yeah, I think in one sense, like I talked about earlier, you know, it's just to, we we got to know and believe that he's here with us. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus knows what it's like. So it's not like he sees us in the space. He's like, dude, I don't want to bother with you. Mm-hmm. In fact, it would appear that he's just like, now's the time. Yeah, Like definitely, we're definitely having a moment of engagement right mm-hmm. now. Um but in terms of, like, how do we do that, some of the practical tips, I mean, for the boredom thing, we could do the journal and Bible thing. Yeah. Um, but I think also it's seeing that even in this wilderness space that there's opportunities through virtual service, like, come prepared. Yeah. Like, come prepared like you're actually going to attend service instead mm-hmm. of just having something out in the background. Uh, we have Zoom small groups afterwards. Join them and try to be as active as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, y- use the methods and means you have of staying connected and Utilize them uh, to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, if there's ever a time to, like, start a Bible plan, like, dude, it's totally now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think, like, think about how quickly we burn through a Netflix series. Yeah. Like, we're so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, what's it called? Avatar? Last year, Bender. Mm-hmm. Um, came out recently. I know a lot of people are already done with it. Yeah. Like, could you imagine if we showed that type of like fervor with the Bible, dude, all of us would have read it like, you know, 50 times over <laughs> yeah. in this quarantine period. Um, but just take advantage, like, just like do it, mm-hmm. like just do it. Like now's yeah. the time. Like, how do you want to meet God? You meet him through his word and his mm-hmm. words have been available. And it's kind of, I think it's almost like, I think it's like discouraging, maybe even like disappointing mm-hmm. that like, our complaints in the past was not enough time. Yeah. Now we have all the time. Mm-hmm. Now we're still not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it really just shows our condition of our heart. And, and it's to be frank with you, Stephen, I think that's just something we need to repent of. Mm. Say, God, you know what? Like, 
I've placed a million things ahead of you. Yeah. Like I have legit placed cartoons (laughs) in front of you. And it's not that cartoons are bad, you know, we should, (laughs) Airbender is probably a perfectly good show. Um, But to just really repent about that heart that like, you know, we say that we want to meet him, but are we actually doing it? If not, repent and and turn back, you know, turn back to where he's calling us. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, One last question that I had, um, I I guess it's kind of more just like something that I was like curious about, Um, but um, like why why is this the first thing that happens like right after Jesus is baptized? Um, You know, why not like, uh, like a celebration or like a sermon or something. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, he goes like, you know, straight into the wilderness. Um, you know, why is that? Yeah. yeah I, th- I think there's a, a few different ways to look at that. But you're right. There's such a sharp contrast. Mm. God's saying, hey, I love you. Everybody, this is my son. And I just love him so much. Um, and then he immediately goes into the wilderness. Um, I think in one sense, you know, we're told that Jesus is filled with the spirit. Mm. And now like, and the wilderness is where you depend on upon God, this yeah. is where the principle meets the practical. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus, you're really going to have to depend on the spirit of God. Because mm-hmm. remember, as much as Jesus is 100% God, he's 100% man too, right? Yeah. And so he, he's going to have to wrestle through that. Um, I think another thing is, as Jesus is going into the wilderness, let's say he gives up. Mm-hmm. Let's say he fails. Let's say he got two days in, he's like... <laughs> I'm done. I'm going back into town and get some bread, get some wine. I'm going to call it a day. Enjoy this vacation on earth and God will call me back. Mm-hmm. Um, or let's say he goes, Satan tempts him and he fails. Mm-hmm. Then he can't be our Messiah. Yeah. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And so this needs to be the first test. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's like, did you ever have like a teacher or professor where like the first test comes out and it's like insanely difficult? Uh, I haven't personally, but I know people who yeah. have. It, when those people experience that, it kind of sets the tone, right? Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, shoot. Like, yeah. this teacher's serious. Yeah, yeah. This professor's serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, likewise, this sets the tone for Jesus' ministry. His ministry is going to be about suffering, that he is going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to take to remove the sins of the world. But in his suffering, we also know that he understands. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. I think even for us, like, I think we connect with people who have shared experiences with us, mm-hmm. whether it's a simile, similar background, similar family structure, or whatever it is. And we have a Savior who we can connect with because he really experienced true suffering. Yeah. I mean, his ministry is marked by suffering. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, that is all the questions that I had. Those are like the best questions <laughs> ever. They're like the greatest questions ever. All right. Um, all right, let me ask you a question. Oh, gosh. Okay. Would you, if this was like your last meal on earth, uh-huh. okay, um, but you had to order from a fast food place, what's your order? Like, am I about to die after this? Yeah, like this is like the last thing you're going to eat. Um, I don't know. I think, I feel like it'd be something really simple, like, like Chick-fil-A yeah. or like McDonald's or something. Mm. Yeah. What'd you get from Chick-fil-A? Chicken sandwich. Uh-huh. Yeah. With the fries. Mm-hmm. What's the drink? Cherry Coke, uh-huh. most likely. Right. And if it was McDonald's? Probably just a quarter pounder. Mm. Or if I'm really hungry. Or, yeah, probably double quarter double pounder. Quarter pounder. That's a good sandwich. My, my last meal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
I can respect that. <laughs> All righty, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another Sunday. Uh, both Stephen and I will see you next week and hope everyone stays safe and sound. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you check out our new Friday series where we're going to be talking about justice in the light of what is going on in the world around us, especially with all the racial inequality and injustice that we're seeing in, in our cities. So please join us and we'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye.